Hi, I'm Jamie Bourbonnet. I played for Cornell University, and this is College Hockey Talk. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest, former Cornell women's hockey player Jamie Bourbonnet joins the show today. But before we get to her interview, I'd just like to ask if you can please follow our social media on Twitter and Instagram at College Hockey Talk. Also, follow our Spotify page, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review. Doing these things helps our podcast grow, helps new people find us, and I truly appreciated it if you guys did those things. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for coming back. I appreciate that as well. Now, before we get to this interview, I'd just like to note that we released some bonus episodes on the podcast today, some great interviews with some fantastic players. So if you want to check those out, please do. There's some great interviews, and I really appreciate it if you did that. Now, on today's podcast, we have Jamie Bourbonnet, one of the best Cornell women's hockey players, such a such a great player. Every time she was on the ice, she made some sort of positive impact, and I loved watching her play, and it sucks that she couldn't finish her senior year because she deserved it because she was just such a good leader, both on and off the ice for that women's hockey team, and will definitely be remembered for a long time as one of the best to ever suit up in that Cornell jersey. So without further ado, here's the interview with her, one of the nicest people I've ever met as well. Here is Jamie Burpinay. Enjoy the interview, everyone. Bye. Welcome back to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, we have a very special guest, former Cornell defenseman, JB Bur- Jamie Bourbonnet. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Jamie, and how's everything going? Thanks for having me on. Everything's great. I've just started training again in Montreal, so it's a bit different not being at Cornell, but other than that, everything's been going well so far. And how's your quarantine been going overall, and what have you been doing to pass the time during this unusual pandemic? Yeah, it's been different for sure. My summer was a lot different than it usually is. Um, I honestly just did a lot of training this summer in the gym. My gym luckily was open for the majority of the summer, so I still got to um, go and work out. Um, Obviously, the on-ice stuff was a bit different. The rinks were closed for a little bit, so that was a different part of my summer. But the majority of it was just spending time with my family, which is something I don't get to do very often, which was really special, and uh, spending time with my dog too, which was awesome. Nice, nice. I want to start off talking about before you went to Cornell. You grew up in Mississauga, Ontario. How did you start playing hockey and how did you fall in love with the sport? So my brother played hockey. I always wanted to be like him when I was younger and my parents tried to put me in figure skating and in figure skates when I was really, really young and I hated it. I remember, I don't remember, but my parents tell me that I came off the ice crying, just begging them to put me in hockey skates. So from a young age, I always wanted to be a hockey player and hockey's in my family. It's been in my family for a long time. My grandfather was an Olympian. He played for the national team at two Olympics. So um, obviously it's been in my family for a long time and it's, it was just something that I wanted to do from a young age and I stuck with it my whole life so far. Yeah, I was reading about your grandfather. He played in two Olympics, was captain of Team Canada. What have you learned from him? Has he taught you anything that has helped you for your hockey development? 
Definitely. He was a great leader. Obviously, he's very humble with me, but I've talked to Pat Quinn. Uh, they, were, they were really good friends before he passed away. And I remember Pat telling me how great of a leader and how, how great of a teammate he was. And that's something that I learned from my grandfather to be a good teammate. Um, he says he was a captain of the team, but he wanted to act as though he wasn't above everyone, which I really respected. Um, he said that he obviously was a leader and um, made sure to lead the way for his teammates, but he also acted as, as an equal with them, which I've always kept in mind. It's, it's really important to have an equal playing field with everybody and treat everybody with respect, which is something that I, I've, I've tried to do throughout my time at Cornell and just in hockey in general. Yeah, and growing up, who was your hockey idol and what part of the game do you try to model to your game today? So my hockey idol was actually Laura Fertino growing up, um, which is kind of ironic because I've played with her now a few times with the national team. Uh, I remember when I went on my first visit to Cornell, my coach, um, obviously at the time he was trying to recruit me, and I remember him telling me that I played similarly to Laura Fertino, and that was kind of like a wow moment for me to hear that because growing up I'd always loved the way she played. Um, she plays such an offensive game um, as a defenseman which I always admired about her because a lot of the don't get the credit that they deserve for being steady defensemen so you kind of have to do a little bit more to kind of get that attention a little bit and she always stood out no matter who she was playing against. She was always one of the best players on the ice and I wanted to model my game after her and then my first, uh, t my first time playing with the national team, she actually presented to me in my jersey with uh, Team Canada, which was really special and it's kind of a surreal moment. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And before Cornell, you also played for the Oakville Hornets in the PWHL. Talk about that experience and how it helped you prepare for college hockey since the PWHL is one of the best junior leagues for women going into college hockey. Yeah, we had a great team, um, a great coach. I've said many times that Brady Cochran is one of my favorite coaches I've ever had. Um, she was an amazing mentor and honestly just such a good friend too and was always there for you. Obviously, high school is a really tough time. You know, everybody's trying to figure out where they're going to go to school and it's really stressful and um, it's also a time, a big time of your development and uh, it, it was really stressful for me and she was always there for me and leading the way and um, Oakville, our, our team was amazing, uh, which helped so much. We had some great, like some of the girls that I played with are now moving on with the national team as well, like Emma Maltese, for example, is one that comes to mind, Sarah Fillier. Like, we had some great players on that team, and it definitely helped my development. And, um, yeah, I miss those girls. I miss that team a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you also had the opportunity to represent your country in the World Championships, as well as be part of some development camps as well. Talk about what it's like to compete against the best players in your country and represent Canada on the national stage. Yeah, it, it's honestly a feeling that's hard to describe. I remember my U18 first championship standing on the blue line and listening to kind of the mini opening ceremonies they had. They pretty much just played a video on the Jumbotron of um, past U18 teams competing in the world championship. And I had chills and I, you know, I, it's a dream of every women's hockey player, I think, to play for your, for your team, for your country. And when that came true, it was it was honestly surreal. I can't even put it into words. And now to get the chance to compete at the highest level is something that I've been working towards my whole life. And um, obviously, I, I'm still not satisfied with where I am. And I want to I want to continue to keep playing and keep getting better. But I'm, I'm really proud of myself for making it um, onto the onto the top team and playing with the girls that I've looked up to my whole life. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about your recruiting process. Why did you choose to go to an Ivy League school and specifically Cornell? And I know the process a little is a little bit different going to an Ivy League school versus another school like a Minnesota or Wisconsin. So I was just curious 
what the recruitment process is like and why you chose to go to Cornell? Yeah, it was actually honestly more my, my parents that kind of made me realize how important education is on top of hockey. Um, obviously hockey was a big part of my decision to go to Cornell. They had a great, they have a great team. The coaching staff is unbelievable and Cornell in general is just an incredible school. But I also was thinking long-term, um, obviously being a female hockey player right now, there's not really a sustainable league for us to play in that will provide us with the money that we need to live our lives. So thinking about that, I, I wanted to make sure that I had a good education so that after hockey, after I'm done playing, I, I'll still be able to get my own job and make my own money. So that was a big factor going into it. And then honestly, my, I went to visit Cornell. It was my first school I visited and I fell in love with it right away. And I never really looked back. Yeah, I want to talk to you about the coaching staff at Cornell and what they've meant to you for not only yourself personally, but for your hockey development as well. And have they taught you anything about the that you didn't know before? Yeah, sorry, my dog is barking. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, they, my coaching staff at Cornell is, is amazing. They, uh, they have taught me so much, both on a personal level and on a hockey level. Um, Coach Edith, you know, she is a great friend of mine as well as an amazing coach. I learned so much from her and coach, obviously coach Jackson and coach Doug, we call him coach, but he, they both are amazing. They have so much knowledge and they're also so personable and me coming to the rink every day, really fun. Um, and coach also, he coaches with the national team as well. So it's really nice having that familiar face when I go to tournaments and stuff like that. So um, they're incredible. I honestly can't say enough good things about them. I, I miss them a lot and, still get on Zoom calls with them here and there and chat, which is really nice. And that's a special relationship. Now, I have to ask you, how do you balance both academics and hockey at such a high level at such a prestigious university like Cornell? Because as a college student myself, it's hard to balance the academic aspect of college just on its own. But adding a hockey, playing hockey at a Division One school, it seems like it would be very tough. So how did you do it? It was. It was very difficult. Um, Honestly, I think the, the best thing I can say about that is my teammates were so driven and we have a lot of very intelligent girls on my team. And obviously hockey was has always been my number one priority just because I've always had a dream of playing on the national team. And a lot of the girls at Cornell were very focused on school, which I respected so much out of them. And um, they really pushed me to kind of be better, a better student. Um, and honestly, every time we went on road trips, they were doing work and it kind of made me realize, like, okay, I got to do some work, which really helped me. Um, and honestly, the resources too at Cornell are incredible. I had an advisor that I visited with a lot and they were able to help me if I had to miss for hockey tournaments or for games on the weekend, I was able to reschedule exams or get maybe an extension on an assignment, stuff like that. So kind of using the resources and honestly using my teammates as a little bit of motivation to do some work too. Yeah, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to your playing game after playing your first few college hockey games in the ECAC? Yeah, I, I think my biggest um, my biggest adjustment I had to make, being an offensive defenseman, I had to simplify my game quite a bit. Um, in the PWHL, uh, I was more offensive and I like to carry the puck end to end, which is not really something you can do when you're playing in the ECAC at the highest division one, like you're playing at the highest level. So... My first couple of games were rough. I'm going to be honest. I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to ever adjust to this? And I had a really rough start and I had a few meetings with the coaching staff, just kind of like, what, what am I doing? How can I fix this? How can I be a better player? And it was more just simplifying my game and 
trusting my myself and knowing that I, I deserve to be there and not trying to overdo it and try to prove myself. But um, just like I said, simplifying my game and just going back to the basics. And that really helped me find my game at Cornell. Yeah, and during your freshman year, you made the national tournament and played against Clarkson, a team you played in the ECAC championship in the previous week. Talk about your first national tournament experience and what you took away from it. Yeah, uh, our first year when we made that tournament, it was it was amazing, especially because the year before the the girls at Cornell didn't have that great of a season, and it was kind of a disappointing year. I know a lot of them talked about that it was it was very disappointing. And then my class, when we came in, we made it our goal, obviously, to make it to that tournament. So. When we made it there, it was an amazing feeling. It was it was like my freshman year to, to make it there. It was absolutely incredible. And obviously playing Clarkson is always very tough. We have a very good rivalry with them. And we played them two weekends in a row, which was – it was very difficult. And I was very proud of our team. Obviously, we didn't make it to the Frozen Four that year, but I was still so proud of us for bouncing back after the year that they had before and to, to be able to come back and have such an amazing season. And it really helped us throughout the next three years. Yeah, and now during your sophomore year, you lost to a great Colgate team in the ECAC semifinals. What went wrong during that game, and what could have the team done better to help get a better result at the end? Yeah, of the so actually yesterday, I, I'm in Montreal currently training um, with some of the national team players, and Jessie Eldridge is here, and she actually played on that team, scored the winning goal with one second left to beat us um, in that game. And we were actually talking about this yesterday because I said to her, I was like, honestly – yeah, we lost that game and it was heartbreaking, but that was one of the best hockey games I've ever been a part of. And she agreed with me, obviously they won it, which was awesome. But she said it was just such an emo emotional roller coaster. I don't know if you know the, what happened in that game, but we were losing 4-1 and we came back and tied it. And they ended up winning with one second left. And that was heartbreaking. And I was actually in the penalty box um, when that happened, which was even more devastating for me because I felt like it was kind of my fault. Um, I know obviously it wasn't fully my fault, but um, definitely I felt took some blame for that. Um, and it wasn't really a loss that I ever got over even to this day. Like I used that as motivation and we had a great team sophomore year and we didn't, we weren't able to get it done, which is, it kind of felt like, it, yeah, it, it just felt like we, we could have done it and we didn't. So to have that behind me and to have that feeling, it really motivated me going into my junior year and senior year even. Did not making the national tournament also add to that motivation going into your junior year? Definitely. I mean, like I said, my freshman year, we made it. And that was an amazing feeling, but that's kind of what we we were used to at that point. Obviously, it was just one year, but we made it my very first year. So that's all that we knew. So sophomore year, having that taken away from us, it, it was heartbreaking. Um, I remember sitting in the dressing room and watching the the unwrap, like when they announced which teams are going and they were listing each team and we were just hoping and praying that we were going to make it. And when we didn't make it, it was just kind of like, well, we deserve to be there, but we didn't, we didn't pull it off and we didn't play our, we didn't play the way we should have. And we didn't win the games that we needed to win. And that was heartbreaking and we knew when that happened that the next year we were going to go because I could see it in everyone's eyes how disappointed everyone was and we knew the feeling of being there and we wanted it back. Yeah and on a more positive note in your junior year you won your first national tournament game against Northeastern who was fantastic that year. Talk about that win and what it meant for Cornell and you personally especially beating a team like that on the road. Yeah <laughs> that is one of my favorite memories um of my hockey career in general. Um, I mean, at Cornell, definitely, I've been asked many times what my favorite memory was, and I think it was that overtime winner that Gillis scored. 
Um, I was on the bench and I couldn't even watch her when she got the puck. Diana Buckley made a beautiful pass and she went on a breakaway and unreal move. And I couldn't even watch, you know, playing division one, everyone wants to go to the frozen four. That's the goal. And um, it was so close and especially going into overtime, it's right there. You can smell it. Like it's all you have to do. It's one shot. It's one goal. It's all you need. And you're in the frozen four. And for us to actually make it there, it was like, it was a, it was relief. It was just a sigh of relief. It was incredible. And um, Northeastern was an incredible team that year. They still are amazing. Um, they have their goalie, their defense, everyone is so good on that team. And um, on the road too. I mean, it's very hard to beat teams at their, at their home barn. So it was a really special game. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the frozen four experience, not just on the ice, but off it as well. And just the entire scenery that you experienced, because I went to a frozen four myself, obviously as a fan, and it was a really cool experience. It was in Boston, the pep bands, just the whole red carpet treatment. Talk about what you experienced there and what you remember the most. Yeah, it was really special. Um, the thing I remember the most, I think, was the the little banquet that we had beforehand. Um, obviously, I remember the game that we played against Minnesota. It was awesome. Um, it was a great experience, and we were so proud to be there. But the banquet was especially special, I think, for all of us because we'd never been there before, and it was it, it felt like we were kind of the underdogs again. Um, you know, we'd never been to a Frozen Four championship as a team, and a lot of the players there had been before. So us walking in, it was, like I said, like we felt like the underdogs, even though we knew that we were a great team. We weren't, we were in the frozen four. We wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call us underdogs, but it felt like that. And that was a good feeling that we had because that's how we felt our freshman year. And we were able to be really successful that year. So it was almost like a little taste of freshman year again, which was really nice. Yeah. And you lost to Minnesota in that frozen four. What do you remember from that game? And what did you take away from that whole experience? Yeah, that game, it was an incredible game. Um, it was low scoring. I think it was 2 nothing with an empty net. Um, we played our hearts out, honestly. It was Minnesota is one of the best teams they have been for a long time. And um, we were really proud to be there. Um, we obviously wanted to go to the national championship and we would have loved to win that game. But it was definitely a really important moment for us to play the, a team like Minnesota and see how we could compete with them. And um, we did lose, but we still knew that we were able to compete at the highest level, which was a lot of a really good feeling and good motivation going into our senior year and especially before going into the national championship again. Um, obviously, we had that taken away from us, but we had that in the back of our heads, which was really motivating. Now, speaking of your senior year, Cornell was by far one of the best teams in, women hockey, in women's hockey this past season. What did you do to maintain that success throughout the regular season? And what role did you play in that, especially since a lot of those ECAC teams were going at giving them, giving their all to try to beat you guys and knock you out of the rankings? Yeah, it was a very different feeling than freshman year. Like I was just saying, my freshman year, we were the underdogs. And then my senior year, it was the other way around. We were the team to beat. Um, and we had to really focus. I mean, we had all eyes on us all, all the time. It was honestly a lot of pressure. Um, and we had some really good, really good teams in the ACAC, Princeton, Quinnipiac, Harvard. They were all amazing teams. Clarkson, I, I could go on and on. So we had a very tough league. And I think that's what made it more special was knowing that we were ranked number one and we were playing in, I believe, the toughest league in the NCAA. So um, we had to honestly really trust each other. And um, a big part of it was too having was having fun. Like I said, there was a lot of pressure on us. And we felt that stress at times, but we had so much fun as a group that 
it, it wasn't like a, a chore. It wasn't a job to go to practice. It was, we couldn't wait to go to the rink and, and play hockey, which definitely added to our success. You know, what type of leadership did you want to bring that team, especially since you're a senior and you experience a lot of different things being in a Frozen Four and playing in different ECAC league championships? Yeah, I think like I just said, like I, I just wanted to show them that hockey isn't a chore and it's fun and we can still be the best team and have a, have a good time and um, enjoy what we're doing. And I think a lot of times, especially when you're playing at a high level, hockey can get really repetitive and um, some people can get really tired of going to the rink. And I mean, I mean, speaking for myself, even like I sometimes I felt really tired. I didn't want to go to practice. I didn't want to go to the gym, but it was really important to for me to to continue to keep the room light and have some fun. And I tried to have a positive attitude at all times and but also lead the way on the ice and play my heart out every game. Um, definitely senior year, you, you don't know how many games you have left. You don't know when your season's going to end. So you want to make sure that you're playing every game as hard as you can. So that was kind of the, the, the message that I wanted to send to my teammates. Yeah, unfortunately, your team lost in the ECAC championship game against Princeton in a very close game in overtime. What emotions were you feeling after that game, especially since it ended up being your final collegiate game? Yeah, it, that's heartbreaking. Um, I haven't really even been able to to watch anything from that game. I haven't watched the goals. I like it's it's heartbreaking. Um, it was a very good game, and I owe it to Princeton to say congrats. That was a great comeback, and um, but I I truly feel like we deserve to to win, especially after having such a great season. Um, like I said, Prince is an incredible team, and they also deserve to win. I mean, if you're going to come back in the ECAC championship to a 2 nothing deficit, like, it's it's incredible. But, yeah, I mean, at the time, we didn't know it was our last um, game at the senior class. We didn't know. So um, we kind of were using that as our motivation fuel going into the national championship. Um, but – Obviously, now we know that that was our last game, which is makes it a little bit more. It stings a little bit more, but um, yeah, I, I mean, there's not really much I can say. It was it was heartbreaking. Yeah, and your team was supposed to play Mercyhurst in the national tournament until it got shut down because of COVID. How'd you find out, and what was your reaction, especially since you were senior and your other seniors as well? What were their reactions as well? Yeah, I, I think the worst part about that was we were very optimistic that we were going to be allowed to play. Um, you know, we had three games max left. We had Mercyhurst, and then we had, if we beat Mercyhurst, then we had the two games maximum. So we were like, okay, you know, yeah, the pandemic's getting pretty bad, but maybe they'll let us play three more games. Maybe they'll let us play just with no fans. So we were pretty optimistic. Um, I was pretty optimistic. I think I was in denial a little bit that there was a chance that we could get shut down. But um, I found out on social media, honestly, right before I walked into my dressing room and I walked into a room of a bunch of crying teammates, which I'll never forget that ever, that feeling of you know, it felt like we had we weren't we weren't done yet. We didn't we didn't prove ourselves yet. We didn't show what we could do and um, I truly feel like we had the team that could have won a national championship and we didn't get to show that which is I think one of the worst parts about it all. Yeah and a more positive note what did you take away from your experience at Cornell and how did it help your hockey development not just as a player but as a person off the ice as well? Well I think the way that it ended really taught me not to take anything for granted. Um, like I said your senior year you don't know when you're going to be done. You don't know how far your team's going to go when your last game's going to be. 
Um, and when it's your last game, it truly is, that's it. So um, don't take anything for granted. That was the one thing that I learned in my time at Cornell. It flew by and I've said this before, but as a freshman, you know, everyone tells you that it flies by and you're like, okay, whatever. And I, four years, it doesn't fly, like four years is a long time, but before you know it, it's, it's done. Um, yeah, that's the biggest, that's the biggest lesson I think I learned was to, to really cherish every moment that you have. And then obviously there's so much that I learned hockey wise too, from my coaching staff, like I mentioned before, um, just my confidence. I, I think I gained a lot of confidence playing at Cornell, which was, um, it's really big for me, especially now going to play with the senior team. I'm going to need that um, to, to continue to make the team. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about some of your teammates. You got to play with one of the best college hockey players in Christian O'Neill. What was she like as a teammate and a friend off the ice and as a leader as well? Because we had her on the podcast previously, and she might have been one of the nicest people I've ever met, honestly. Yeah, yeah, she's a great, she's a great player, great person. She, we were very close my freshman year. We lived together and lived together my sophomore and junior year as well. And she's a great teammate, great leader. She's one of the hardest working people I have ever met. I don't think I've ever met anybody else who works as hard as her. Um, she's disciplined in her nutrition. She's disciplined on the ice. She's disciplined in the gym. Everything she does is. It's honestly incredible to watch. I don't really, I don't understand how she can even do that. Like it's mind boggling. Um, she's also probably the fastest player I've ever been on the ice with. So um, yeah, she's an incredible teammate. She was a huge reason for our success um, at Cornell and we definitely could not have done it without her. And we missed her in a couple games um, against Clarkson. I think we could have really used her and that was really heartbreaking, especially because she was a key, key part of our team. But um, overall, she's an incredible teammate, an incredible player. Yeah, and another teammate you got to play with was Mika Sandy Hart. I saw a video you guys had with uh, Canada about, like, a me and you or something like that. It was pretty funny. What was she like as a person and teammate off the ice as well? Yeah, she, Mika's awesome. She's one of my best friends, honestly. she I lived with her my senior year. Um, we have a lot of fun together, and I think that um, is one of the most special relationships that I've made um, in my time at Cornell, she's a really great friend and someone I can always count on, which um, is awesome. And she's also a great player and has taught me a lot. You know, we're both defensemen, so I always looked up to her. Um, you know, she was centralized in her sophomore year. So um, to be centralized in college is obviously an incredible accomplishment. And she was like an idol to me, but also a really good friend. And um, yeah, we, we, ha we have a great relationship. I, I love her to death. And yeah, that, that video was very fun to make. That we, had, we had a lot of fun doing that. And we're now in a segment I call Five Questions with you that have nothing to do with hockey. My first one is, what's your favorite class that you've taken at Cornell? Oh, wow. Um, oh, gosh. Okay, I think my favorite one has to be human bonding. I actually took it with Micah my senior year. Um, it was really interesting. It was about kind of human connection and um, it was about love and babies and it's, it was really interesting and I loved the professor too. And, um, it was a really fun class overall. What music do you like to listen to? I like country music. I think you might've heard that a lot from hockey players. We love our country music, but, um, anytime I was on the aux in the dressing room, I would play that and some girls didn't like it very much. So I got kicked off, but, <laughs> but no, I, I love country music. Who's your go-to artist or song? Uh, Luke Combs is my go-to artist. I don't really have a favorite song by him, but definitely he's my favorite artist. 
Now, besides yourself, who has the best style on Cornell's women's hockey? Besides myself. Yeah, myself. Um, the best style. Oh, man. Micah has some pretty good style. Um, I'm going to say Amy Curlew just because she doesn't think she has good style, and she always makes fun of her own style, but deep down she, she has good style. Nice, nice. If you could have lunch with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh, my gosh. Probably Penny Alexiak just because she is an inspiration and her story is incredible. And I love watching her at the Olympics. Now, since the fall, since the fall season has started, what's your favorite part about the fall or what? Yeah. Just what's your favorite part of the fall? Um, Pumpkin pie has to be my favorite part. I love pumpkin pie. And um, I just got home. I'm having Thanksgiving with my family and my sister and my mom are making pumpkin pie. So I'm very excited about that. That's right. Canada Thanksgiving is this Monday. I'm not as an American, so my bad. (laughs) Uh, What advice would you give younger players pursuing Division I college hockey career, especially in the female world? Yeah, um, I've said said this before today even, but um, like I said, have fun and don't don't treat hockey as a chore or as a job. I mean, it's time for you to, you get to spend with your teammates and it's, it flies by and it's, um, yeah, I, I miss Cornell every day and also don't take anything for granted. Like I said before, again, obviously I'm it's very, very repetitive, but it's truly what I believe deep down, especially now that I've, I had that taken away from me the end of the year, I didn't get to finish out my season with my teammates and I wish more than anything that I could go back and redo it all. Um, I, I feel like I took, I took it for granted and I didn't really cherish the, the moment that I had with my teammates and at Cornell. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Um, have fun, um, really enjoy yourself and, and really cherish and, and yeah, cherish every moment you have with your teammates and, and at your school. Now, what should be done to help grow women's hockey? I think what we're doing now is amazing with the PWHPA. Um, it's an incredible league that we've started and it's really generated some talk around women's hockey, but also just women's athletics in general, um, which is really important, obviously supporting other female athletes um, is going to be key for us to help um, promote our game as well. Um, we have to support each other as much as we can watch the WNBA finals, which or the playoffs, I mean, which has been awesome. So um, yeah, I think the PWHBA is a very good start for us. We just have to make sure that we're getting ourselves known and um, try to change the, the culture around women's hockey, kind of change perspectives on it. Obviously, a lot of people have some negative perception about, corn, or about women's hockey in general. So I think if we can start to change that, then we'll be able to um, have a league and, and be professional athletes. Now, what's your thoughts on the current Cornell team now, and what are your expectations? And is it going to be weird going back as a fan, not as a player? Definitely. I'm really excited to see what they can do. Um, you know, having Maddie Mills named as captain, I think, is a really great thing for that team. She, Her and Kristen were both, like I said, Kristen was one of the hardest working, but I think Maddie was a very close second. Um, very, very incredible player in person, and um, she's going to be a great leader for them. So I'm really excited to see where her leadership takes them. And then obviously, the girls on that team are incredible. And I don't know the freshman class, but I've heard some great things about them. So I'm just overall really excited to see what they can do. And I'll be cheering them on, even though it'll hurt to not be with them, but I'll make sure to, to show my support for those girls. Definitely. You have now graduated. What are your plans after graduation? 
Yeah, so I, like I said, I moved to Montreal. Um, I'm living with Erin Ambrose, who played for Clarkson, and she plays the national team. So we have an apartment right downtown Montreal. And right now we're just training um, with the PWHPA and with the national team. So working out and skating, that's basically it, honestly. And um, it's it's a big change not having school. And I, when I graduated, I was like, oh, yes, no more homework, no more exams. But now I'm really missing it. And I guess I didn't realize how much I would miss that. So, um, yeah, just training for now. My my goal, obviously, is to go to the Olympics in 2022. So that's kind of the what's on my mind and what I'm pushing towards right now. Well, before we let you go, is there any shout outs you'd like to give to any former teammates, friends or family members? Oh my gosh, I could talk about this for hours. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Micah and just thank her for being a great friend and a great teammate. She helped me through a lot of hard times at Cornell and really led the way for everybody. And um, after we graduated, she wrote this long, I don't even know what to call it, this long journal about her thoughts and her emotions on the end of the year. And it was really special that she took the time to do that for us. So that was really amazing. Um, and then uh, to all my grandparents too, um, I guess, you know, they were so supportive of everything that I've done so far and they're, they continue to support me through everything. And they always made an effort to come down and watch me play. Both sets of grandparents were able to come to Cornell, which is really special. And um, I'm really thankful to have all of them in my life. So that's my view that I would say. Well, thank you so much, Jamie, for coming on. I appreciate it so much. I wish you all the best in the future and stay safe. And yeah, I thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No problem. Have a great day. Thank you so much fun. Bye. Just wanted to say thank you so much to Jamie for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. She's one of the nicest people ever, and she's such a good hockey player, and it was a huge honor for me to have her on, and I wish her nothing but the best moving forward. We released five bonus episodes today, just to let you guys know. You guys can check those out if you like. We have some good interviews there. There will be some more bonus episodes tomorrow, and the reason why I'm doing this is because for many reasons. One, the podcast now gets released four days a week. Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. That's the normal schedule of the podcast being released. And unfortunately, with school and everything else I have going on in my life, I can't be doing uh, podcasting four days a week. It's just hard uh, with my schedule. So I'm going to try to limit it down to one or two times a week, depending on my schedule. Um, That's the way it's going to be now for the a foreseeable future so right now it's still gonna be four days a week but around mid-december expected to change to be more once or twice a week and then releasing other content and our other platforms throughout the rest of the week but podcasting itself will just be a once or twice a week thing and just because of my school schedule and everything else i have going on i think it will work out best for me if the podcast was released once or twice a week and i also feel like it will be more beneficial to you guys i don't want people to get over consumed with episodes i think that's not a good thing as well so i want i just want uh i just want to release the podcast Uh, once or twice a week for the foreseeable future so starting mid-december that's going to happen so at the moment it will still be four days a week but starting in mid-december the podcast will probably be once or twice a week i think this will be beneficial for my schedule i also think it'll be beneficial for the guest because i think sometimes i have the guest i don't want the guest waiting months 
uh, for their interview to be released. I think that's just unfair to them. Uh, they take their time out of their schedule, and I just don't want them to wait too long for their interview or podcast to come up. So I think this just works out best for myself, for you guys, and for the guest as well. And the, there will still be podcasting. The podcast is not done. I will be doing this for a long time. But I just think it'll work out better if it's more once or twice a week. I think I explained that a little bit too much, but I just want to get the idea and what I'm trying to do for the foreseeable future. So hopefully you guys understand, but there'll be more bonus episodes coming out tomorrow and then eventually by mid-December, the podcast will be once or twice a week. So that's kind of the podcast update. But now let's talk a little college hockey talk update so let's look at some of the games that happened last night uh if we can do that let me just pull them up right now uh so so basically boston college beat umass four to three in overtime i couldn't watch this game because i didn't get it but just looking at the highlights it was pretty insane bc um obviously is very talented matt Boldy scored a pretty sick goal just from the highlights i watched but UMass played very well. Um, they're a really good team, and they're showing why they're top 10 ranked in the country. But BC got the edge over them. And I think the I predicted that they'll win both these games, and I suspect they'll do the same thing uh, this weekend as well. But good matchups overall. And that was just a good game, just from l- watching it from the highlights as well. Um, another cool game that happened was RIT beat Clarkson 8-5. Five, to five. Will Calvary scored a hat trick. And RIT played played very well that game. I'm not going to lie. They really showed Clarkson what they're all about. Clarkson's a good team, and RIT looked very good uh, last night. So I was impressed by their performance. And I don't know if they're going to repeat that performance on Sunday. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but just an overall good performance by RIT. And an interesting performance by Clarkson, a high-scoring game. So fun series to watch, and I'm excited to see what happens next for both those teams in the future. Now, in the Big Ten, an upset happened. Michigan lost their first game against Notre Dame. That I thought that was interesting. Uh, Notre Dame played very well, um, and they beat a good Michigan team on the road, and that impressed me. And I said Notre Dame's a solid team. It's just how will they perform on the defensive end, losing a lot of key pieces, and they really showed me that they're a solid team and that they're going to be contender in the Big Ten. Now this leaves out. Um, now this leaves Minnesota in a good spot because uh, they're the only undefeated team, I believe, that's still left in the Big Ten. I'm not entirely sure about that. You can correct me on that. But they're one of the best teams. I thought it was basically going to be in the Big Ten between Minnesota, um, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And in Michigan, this loss really hurts them. But I think they can definitely bounce back and make an impact on the Big Ten. But we will just have to wait and see on that. But good game in the Big Ten. Wisconsin plays Arizona State tomorrow, and Michigan State plays Ohio State uh, tomorrow as well. You can check out my preview uh, for those two games on the previous podcast with Amy Dobson. Now, in Atlantic hockey, some games happened as well. AIC beat Air Force 3-1. Luca Maver, Tobias Flatterby, and Chris Dodro scored uh, to give them the 3-1 victory. It was a good game and good performance by AFC, and they are definitely showing why they're one of the top teams in Atlantic hockey, and I'm very interested to see how they perform throughout the rest of the year. And I think Air Force had a good performance as well, but it just wasn't enough against a good AIC team. 
and Canisius beat Robert Morris 5-2. to two. I was very surprised about that victory. I thought Canisius was definitely going to lose this series, but I was proven wrong. They played great against a decent Robert Morris team that gave Huntsville a good run, and they beat them pretty good, actually, last weekend. So I was very surprised by this win by Canisius, but you know what? They proved me wrong, and I'm very interested to see how they will perform in Atlantic hockey as well. Now, in the women's college hockey side, Providence beat Boston College. I was very surprised about this win as well. I thought BC had Providence's number this year, but Providence played very well. I couldn't watch this game, unfortunately, just because it wasn't in my area. But it was just a good performance by Providence, just watching the highlights, and a very impressive and important win for them as they try to climb up the hockey standings and make some noise and try to prove a team like Northeastern and Boston University wrong, that they are up and capable to beat those teams as well. Now, it'll just be interesting to see how Northeastern looks when they return to play after December 18th. Some WCHA games happened last night. Ohio State upsetted the number one team in the country, beating Wisconsin 3-2. to Great performance by them. Uh, they, they're Ohio State's legit. I'm going to give it to them. They're legit. They're definitely a top five team. I'm telling you, that WCHA conference is loaded. Some great games that happened there, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But Ohio State played very well against a good Wisconsin team, and I got to give it to them. And I think they're definitely going to move up in the rankings after this win. Now, it's, I'm going to be very interested to see how they do uh, tomorrow against them and see how Wisconsin bounce back. But you know what? They won a very important game, and it was good to see. Now, is this partly because of Wisconsin's inexperience. They have a lot of freshmen. They were on the road. Maybe a little bit of that. Maybe Wisconsin hasn't played a game, unlike Ohio State that have that, that has. So maybe that was a little bit um, a factor in Ohio State's win. But regardless, they won a good game, and I got to give it to them. That was an impressive performance, and they definitely have Wisconsin's number, beating them in the WCHA championship last year, and now beating them in their first matchup again this year. They beat Minnesota as well. Ohio State's a legit team, and definitely a team to watch out for in the near future. Now, Minnesota State lost to St. Cloud State one to nothing. Now, I didn't watch this game. However, the goalie for St. Cloud State playing fantastic. Annie Ohala got her first shutout as well. She's the goalie like I was just talking about. So just a very impressive win for St. Cloud State. And I'm very, I was very shocked. I thought Minnesota State was going to come to this series and play very well after a tough series against Duluth. And they they did, they did uh, got shut out by a good goalie. So definitely some questions for that Minnesota State women's hockey team moving on in the future. And Minnesota beat uh, Minnesota Duluth in WCHA as well. They came back from a two-goal deficit to win. A very impressive performance by the Gophers against a solid uh, Bulldogs team. But Duluth looked very good as well. And if they can just play a complete 60-minute game, game I definitely think they're capable of beating the Gophers and I will not be surprised if they beat them again tomorrow night or tonight I'm recording this on Friday so I apologize uh, that's the game recap that happened this week I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast it really means a lot to me uh, like I said with the announcements there's gonna be some bonus episodes tomorrow so be on the lookout for that but until next time on Tuesday we have a big guest but until then take care everyone have a great day and bye